We're back with another episode of Auto What. This time we're with uh, a guest, Carl Assumption. And what I did this time is I did it in a reverse order. Normally I introduce the hosts, but you know what, Carl? You're so important, you're the first person to be introduced. You're a guest. That's it. <laughs> Thank you. How you doing? I'm doing very well. You good? Yes. So you're, you're I'd like to say, an avid listener of, of Auto What. I actually don't know, but let's pretend. <laughs> We'd all like so. to say that we have <laughs> avid listeners. And as you know, Myself, I'm on Bash here. I'm one of the hosts, and we're sitting here with Keegan on and Robert Ottrell as well. And uh, one thing that we do when we start off the podcast is that we try some beer. So, Rob, you'll tell us about the beer, I suppose. I'll pass yeah, the glasses around. Give it a try, and I'll talk about it. So, it's called, I guess it's called Phillips Amnesiac. Uh, it's Phillips Brewing Company that does it. This beer in particular is a double IPA, which I assume just means it's brewed like an IPA twice. Gonna be bitter. It might be a little bitter. It's gonna be strong. It's eight point five percent. Ooh. Uh. Yeah, PhillipsBeer.com. You guys think? <laughs> hoppy? I guess. I would say double hoppy. I'm not gonna say double hoppy, but I. It's it's quite hoppy. It's pretty strong. I say one point five times as hoppy as a normal beer. Okay, well that's. That that's a good measurement, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know how you quantify that, but how do you how do you like it, Carl? I think that they're trying to do something like the monastery beers from Belgium, okay. like the yeah. Dead of Tremens. Yeah, but not as well. Not as well. Not as well. Okay. Sorry, Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. I just don't. I don't like hoppy beers in general. I know that I bought this one. Yeah. But yeah, you did. <laughs> also, people like hops. This, I just don't like. Yeah, it. I, this I don't is mind. the least local beer so far. This is Victoria. Hey. Okay. Still Canada. Yes, it and, is. And it's still relatively small, so... Oh, yeah. No, no. It's definitely yeah. a... It, it's definitely a microbrew, I would say. Okay. But I, yeah, th- I thought you were picking on Keegan's no. dress here. And well, it's just because it's so far. Yeah. It's another okay. province. Not exactly it's, Ottawa area. But there, there's a crazy-looking elephant on the front on the uh, label. Which actually fits... But it's a nice label. The Little Tremens' logo is also an elephant. Oh. Interesting. Right? Okay. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You're right. So... And uh, there's just 10%, and it's so much new. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, sorry, did, did you say whether you like it or not, uh, Rob? I like it. It's it's strong, but it's not not in a bad way. So, question: Would you drink it again? I'm gonna drink it again right now. Yes. Oh, okay, that doesn't count. I I would probably you buy know, it. Let's again. get started. <laughs> Carl, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. Um, you, you know, when when we were preparing for this podcast. Uh, there was too much information. <laughs> There's a lot that we we can cover with you, and that's what I'm, I'm I'm excited about. And you know what? If we don't cover everything, we want you back for a part two. And Indeed. and this, I'm so confident with this that we haven't even really begun the podcast. But I know that this Some is a of lot this to is talk part about. two. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carl, why don't you first and foremost tell us about yourself? You know, uh, as in, you know, where where do you come from? Uh, uh, you know, where do you call home? If that if there's a difference between the two. And uh, how did you find yourself in Ottawa? Okay. So I was born in the Philippines. Okay. And then in terms of where I come from, I could say that I come from Europe. That's where I did the majority of my growing up. Spent eight years in Spain, two in the UK, another four in Belgium before coming to Canada. And so this whole home aspect has always been very interesting to me because I've never really made roots anywhere. Sure. So, sorry, I, I didn't do the math in my head. How old were you when you moved to Ottawa? I'm oh, sorry, not Ottawa, Canada? Moved to Canada in 2002. Okay. We actually left Belgium on my birthday. Okay. Wow. Um, that would make me 14. 14. Great. Uh, so, you, you, if somebody said, you know, where, where would you call home? Is it just essentially where your parents live? Or, or is there a place that you think of, you know, that you've lived in, whether it's in Belgium or, or elsewhere. Uh, no. So you're exactly, exactly right. When people ask me where is home, I like to say just where my parents are because that's where I put the majority of my heart kind of memories. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, wherever we've traveled in Europe, it was always them that would be with me as we were learning a new language or struggling with new surroundings or finding a grocery store. And right. so um, as of right now, they are home. 
but I would consider Burlington my home, which is where they're located right now. I see. And what what had you traveling as uh, growing up? Like what had you moving from place to place? So my dad was, um, I guess, to keep it simple, a director <laughs> of quality. What he did was help a new company that was working on those semiconductor microchips, right. be it for, I think, audiovisual equipment or computers. Once he would help them get to a place where they could compete internationally with similar companies, and once they could do that, they would fire him. Ah. <laughs> and then that's when you had to find a new job. Uh, um, so if he did his job well, he would lose his job. It's funny how that yeah, works. So. Huh. But he was always picked up by someone else. I was going to say, I guess that would be the motivation because if that kept on happening, I feel like, well, I'll be mediocre now. Keep my job. (laughs) Make a slow three-year process to be competitive. (laughs) Okay. That that makes sense. It sounds like he was very good at it. Is he still doing it? Like, is he still doing the same kind of thing? No, he's no longer doing that. Okay. Um, He, so when we came to Canada, the reason we came to Canada is because he wanted to stop establishing new companies. Oh. And what he did for Canada was join an existing company but a branch. So the company already existed, was already established, sure. but joined a specific, I think it was audio equipment um, branch and like managed that one. Okay. okay. And then when I think they decided to break, I think, sure. I think they decided to break, my dad decided, you know what, this is a time to maybe explore another avenue, um, consultancy work, for example, sure. by himself. And so I'm not quite sure what he's doing, I kind of coincided with the time that I left home and started my own studies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so so in terms of leaving home, in this case being Burlington, mm-hmm. uh, did you come? Is that when you moved to Ottawa? Correct. So I essentially was in Canada for high school and university. Okay. So 2006 was high school and 06 to 2010 was my first um, university degree. Okay. And I left to come to Ottawa because I wanted to keep using my French. Which I learned in Belgium. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest reasons why I went so far away. I see. Belgium French. Slightly different than probably what you saw in Ottawa. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, people in high school always reminded me that my French was very different than theirs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, people noticed as well, but, but what were some of the bigger differences that you might have noticed, especially around here? I mean, I, I know from Northern Ontario there's a certain amount of slang and the slang here is very different than what I grew up with, so I, I think everybody has their different types of dialect depending on where you're from. Yeah. But uh, did you notice anything in particular, or just that it was just the fact that it was different? I noticed it was different, and I think the first, the biggest difference is the way that Belgian French and how you count. So you know you have sixty ten in French right. um, here in rural Canada, but in Belgium you just say seventy. You have oh, the, I see. The, the eighty stays the same. No. Um, 420s is still 80 in Belgian and French, but then 90 is no longer 40, 20, 10. It's just 90. So, so what are the words? That's it. So it's, instead of 90s, which is 90, yeah. you have no, no. Oh. Which I think makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I know, I like that. And what about, uh, what what about 70? It's septon. Septon. Instead Ooh. of 60s. Would that be unrecognizable to a French Canadian? Like, I would probably be word. able to figure it out, that's it. but. It'd be very confusing. It's yeah. confusing. I know that in certain presentations that I gave in high school and university, I would say the number because that's the one that comes to me. It one makes more sense to me. It does make but more sense. The friends that I learned. Sure. Um, and people would ask me, look at me with a stare, like, "What did you just say?" You're just making <laughs> up words now. <laughs> that's it. Um, they thought you said like Brazilian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like a Franglish type thing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But yeah. that's actually I had never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. But they're saying, you know, you're failing at the Franklish. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> you're making up words that aren't real. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Uh, okay, so, uh, so yeah, you moved to Ottawa, and, and you went, you said, for your first undergrad, and your first undergrad being? It was in biomedical sciences. Biomed, okay. Biomed, yes. And you completed with uh, with that? I did. Okay. I did. How was that? Because I hear that program's kind of intense. So, I finished that program, or I entered that program because I wanted to go into med school at right. first. And then, you know, to get into med school, they tell you to volunteer with different professors and doctors. And during that time, doctors tell me that my purpose of going to med school was to kind of establish a relationship with people. Sure. That medicine, unfortunately, wasn't the best avenue to do that. 
not in the current environment of healthcare in Canada. Mm. And so the last few years were very difficult, but I finished it. It was kind of a promise to my mom. Uh, <laughs> if she listens to this, I'm I did it. <laughs> um, but I never actually applied to med school. Oh. So I never used that. After I finished that first degree, I thought about public health or you know, different ways to use that degree. But I never wanted to go into lab work, which is a big fallback for a lot of people who go into biomed. Right, I see. Uh, so what did you end up doing? After my degree? Yeah. yeah. So interestingly enough, it was an offer of a full-time position at a government agency here that reminded me that I'm not meant to just stay in, in Ottawa um, or work for the government right away. And so what I did was look for um, a way to explore public health and community health abroad. So you know, as we discussed already, I've traveled a lot. I wanted to leave and kind of reconnect with my Spanish, which is one of my favorite languages that I know. Sure. And that took me to Peru. And there I helped with um, holistic health research. And so that means going to the community and figuring out how they can make the community healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's great. I thought so. <laughs> uh, how much time did you spend there? So I was only in Peru about five months because I got dengue fever. You got dengue? Oh, dengue. yeah. I, dengue I hear fever. nightmares about this. <laughs> yes, it's not fun. <laughs> okay. Dengue fever? Yeah, dengue fever. It's essentially the opposite of malaria, meaning malaria kind of attacks in a fly form at night. Mm-hmm. And then dengue fever is the fly version of more daytime. So... As the sun rises or sunset, that's that's kind of when dengue flies are most um, most rampant. Sure. Yeah. sure. And, and what what are the symptoms? So um, the other common name for dengue fever is bro- bone breaking fever. Bone breaking. Bone breaking fever. Well, this sounds delightful. So any, sounds worse. <laughs> any. I guess the first symptom was that any slight touch to my skin felt like someone was hitting me with a with a bat. Oh wow! Lord. Um, it was it was. Quite interesting. I'm gonna leave it at that. Me- it was okay. medically interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Because <laughs> not when you're going through it. It hurts, but you can't do anything about it. Sure. Mm. Right. Um, you know, because one of the things that dengue virus does is it thickens your blood, which is why you're always um, horizontal. Okay. Um, and that's why you have sometimes you hear people have brain problems and you have blood flow problems, etc. Um, everything might hurt, but you still can't move. And so, you know, aside from that, you also have, I think, I think I've had, I had some hair loss. Um, I had a weird rash. Then my pupils apparently were weird. I never saw a mirror. Okay. Um, and then the main thing that it does is that your platelets get attacked by this virus. And so it's usually the secondary infection that kills someone. Because oh, okay. you lose all your defenses. Right. Yeah, that makes and sense. And when it gets serious enough, you can get into hemorrhagic dengue where because I think your organs thin out, that blood can start um, like, like, a, like a pore, kind of goes through. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you obviously got through it. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> I did. Uh, it, it sounds absolutely terrible. Uh, so I, I guess, what, were you being treated for some period of time? Yeah. Or? So I got dengue right after I came back from some vacations in Peru. So where I was working in Peru was the Amazon rainforest. Sure. And they didn't know whether I got the kind that was coming from Brazil that year, which is a hemorrhagic dengue, almost guaranteed that people were dying within like the half hour. And so once they had the symptoms, they threw me in the hospital in the Amazon rainforest because they didn't want to take a chance of flying me to Lima where my medical coverage would have covered that trip, Mm -hmm. but they weren't sure which one it was. So I was in a hospital in the Amazon rainforest for dengue, which arguably had the better do- doctors for this. It wasn't the same. Um, and once I was admitted, because they didn't want to run the risk of me dying, obviously, um, every hour on the hour, they would wake me up or make sure that I was awake. So that for the first about day and a half, two days, I didn't sleep. Wow. Um, and then once it kind of got a little bit better, they would check my blood um, only every four hours. And so what I mean by waking up every hour is that they would take a blood sample every hour. Oh. And so, you know, you had your red 
I don't know what this is called. Elbow? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Crease of your elbow. Reverse elbow. Yeah. Sure. Crease <laughs> of your elbow. That part got so bruised that um, like the entire arm was pretty much red because they took so many needles over that time. Jeez. Oh, Lord. I think about 36 hours, yeah. about th- almost 30 needles. Yeah. Right? And then they normally would take it from here, but the first time that it went in, because your body's fighting a virus, sure. it was protecting it from everything, and so everything hurts a bit more. So, um, so they couldn't take it from your wrist? No, so they tried, okay. but it hurt so much that even I was locked that I bent the needle going in. Oh, Lord. And so oh. they could they didn't have their preferred location, sure. and they didn't want to try it here, so they went straight to this arm here I to, see. to keep the, the bruising to the one okay. arm. I see. Okay, sleep is isn't sleep deprivation like kind of torture? Like don't it is it is do that. very torture. It's like keep you awake. I, I think that's actually yeah a form. <laughs> but no, crazy. it sounds that way. Yeah. That's uh. So were you were they did they check your blood every hour or were they like were you asked to not fall asleep? No, they they would check my blood pressure every hour and every four hours they would take a blood sample. Right, but you said that like it, were you being sleep deprived or were you just would they just wake you up every hour so you couldn't really like have a REM cycle or anything. Correct. So, you know, every hour on the hour, they would, you know, take my blood pressure, check my heart. That would take, you know, five-ish minutes. Mm-hmm. And then because of the movement, my whole body was hurting. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you know, the arm up and down. Um, I know this the one this one time, my, the valve that opens up, the saline solution that I was on, the, the IV fluid, got caught in her, in her, like, pocket. Oh. And as she walked away, it pulled. Oh. So with every energy that I had, oh, like, it shattered. Oh. And so that kicked me off for, like, a good yeah. four hours just by itself. Yeah. Okay. Um, because, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't normally treat someone with this much care, I don't think. Like, sure. they were taking extra precautions. Sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so beginning to end, uh, how long were you, I guess, hospitalized? I think I was in the hospital for about two-ish weeks, and the That's reason a long time. the reason that I left is because I promised that I wouldn't leave my house where I was staying for a, at least another two weeks after that. Oh, wow. Okay, so so you did you check out early so you can keep this promise? No, I I was forced to stay. He had two week, two extra weeks of bed rest after leaving the hospital. But oh oh sorry, I I, I misunderstood. I see. Yeah. Okay, so you had to promise the hospital or. The, treating physician or wherever Correct. that you would stay home yeah, normally normally someone would stay there for the entire month but you know, when you're working on holistic health research so that what i was doing i felt <coughs> very guilty as well for receiving this level of care I right see. yeah and it was oh yeah it was, it, was, it was messing with me a little bit i guess um, it would because i wasn't going affected that kid was a epidemic sure. in iquitos where i was staying and there were people dying in the big public hospitals every single know every single hour right but then me i was in my own room with another bed beside me that they kept empty because you know i was from canada uh, um, and they would run uh, a machine for just for my blood but normally they wait to have a full machine because my insurance would cover the machine running right mm-hmm. right so i just i felt also very conflicted by right. staying there okay um, I, w- I was always obviously also very thankful well that of course my yeah. insurance would cover something like that sure but um yeah Oh, I understand that. So, uh, you know, did did you actually uh, keep your promise? Did you, did you stay? I was forced to. So my host mom, she didn't let me in the house. Uh, sure, sure. But uh, but by this point, I imagine it was much better than than. It's much better. It's worth it's worst yeah. point. But and then once once essentially the blood, um, became less thick, less mm-hmm. viscous. Mm-hmm. They flew me out of of Iquitos, oh, okay. which was the epicenter of the epidemic. Right. And I went the complete opposite way and went all the way to the mountains. So I went from the Amazon to the mountains, where like that's as thin as you're as, as you're gonna get. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So well, it, it sounds like a heck of an a heck of an experience at the yeah, very least, yeah. if I can call it that. But uh, okay, so so you eventually finished up in Peru. Uh, I imagine you got better and you continued your work, or did you come right back? Or? I so. This is where I think it's interesting, right? Sure. Um, on the way back from the hospital, in one of those, you know, um, motor bicycles with a, a side kind of place where you sit in, oh, yeah. we yeah. hit a, a pothole, oh. and my spine collapsed. Oh, what, and, Carl? And that's what that's. I cracked my back. Oh. 
and so it was yeah. very hard to work after that. I see. And so Spine I collapsed. Because I hadn't eaten for about three-ish weeks. So a week-ish before going to the hospital, two weeks on just IV fluid. So I was at my thinnest ever. You literally and hadn't eaten I at all. Like no was, solid I, food. I couldn't eat. I was in love. I was in love. Yeah. I actually, one of, so the person who was traveling with me, also from Canada, working for the same organization, I begged her to smuggle me in a peanut butter sandwich. Because uh-huh. I, I love peanut butter, sure. period. And she convinced the doctor that this peanut butter was just butter. And she said, yeah, butter butter should be no problem in his system. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it was a bite, and it took everything my body had to digest it. But it was amazing. <laughs> okay, um, that's fair. So yeah, I, I didn't eat for about three weeks total. Sure. I was just kind of, by the end, I was drinking this kind of beige something. Um, I don't know <laughs> what it was. Like it. <laughs> they, said, they said it was good for me, so whatever. With some kind of meal replacement, I would hope. Yeah. It's yeah, just slim fast. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> in an Amazon style, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't yeah. know what's in there. No expressions. Sure. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, my back started hurting a lot after that trip. Well, um, that'll do it. Yeah. The first weeks weren't so bad because I was just at home lying down a lot of time. Yeah. But as soon as I started traveling to different places, mm-hmm. I could really feel my back starting to shift and then getting more and more painful and a lot of walking, obviously, in those kind of developing countries. Yeah. And I couldn't do it quite as well as I could have before. And just, so. Okay. Wow. So you, you came back? Um, yeah. I came back. Were you ba- back to Ottawa? Um, no. So my, the organization that sent me over was in St. John's, Newfoundland. Yes. And so once I came back to Burlington, um, just to see my family, just to make sure them that I wanted yeah. to film me, <laughs> uh, I went to St. John's and that's where I did my rest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't stay too long in here. No, no, I guess not. No. Okay. Uh, so at a certain point, and I'm, I guess I'm going back a bit, uh, when you spoke about being in school, keep talking about your first undergrad correct you obviously did something more <laughs> i did another one yes a second undergrad is what i'm imagining yes uh and then probably sometime what was there a long gap between you know that time in newfoundland when you finally came back to canada uh to go back to school first and foremost and, and i guess second of all what did you end up doing when you went back to school uh so the second degree that I got was in international economics and development. Okay. Again, for the University of Ottawa. Yeah. Because the university would accept all of my previous classes from my degree and use them as electives. Oh, nice. So that way I could finish the program faster. Sure. Which is a good tip for anybody who's yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I graduated in 2010. I traveled to Peru, kind of first part of 2011. And then I came back to Ottawa, I think the very end. Of 2011, um, did a few jobs here in in Ottawa, um, but just wasn't happy, and I didn't, I couldn't apply to anything that I wanted to do with my qualifications. Mm -hmm. So the only solution was to go get them, the qualifications, get get the qualifications. I see. And so that's that's what I did. Okay. Um, It wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a hard decision, but it wasn't it wasn't the easiest either. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to school, older, wasn't sure how it would be. All my friends were gone by then. So yeah, but I, I'm very, very glad I did it. Okay. And how long, how long did your second degree take? So it was September 2012 until April 2014. So okay. I, ju- I just finished. Okay. okay. I just finished. Uh, what's the next step? The next step will be to do my master's. So, so you did an undergrad, decided to do another undergrad. Yeah. Oh yeah, what's, what's more school? Well, <laughs> thankfully this degree I re- really enjoy. Okay. Whereas my first one, I don't think I was doing it fully for myself. This one is purely out of my interests and passions right, yeah. in food security. And so I'll be doing my master's at the University of Guelph in food, agriculture, and resource economics. Oh, neat. So I'll, be con- I'll be a specialized economist by the end of it, if I, if I can call myself that preemptively. Nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll allow it. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, so there, there's obviously a ton more that we want to talk about, but uh, why don't we uh, skip to one of our segments? Um, I guess, Rob, you want to talk about uh, who the sponsor is for this week? Absolutely. We have a great sponsor this week. Our sponsor is the Arboretum. Come visit the Arboretum. 
Ottawa's tree sanctuary. Treat yourself to an exciting day of tree watching. You never know what might happen. Leaves falling, wind blowing, squirrels, anything could happen. <laughs> what? <laughs> so stop spending your money on sappy tourist attractions and come visit Ottawa's Arboretum. It's free! <laughs> That's a good slogan. That is it's a good free. slogan. <laughs> it's tree! That should uh, be their slogan. Ah, uh, that could work too. That could work too. Who wrote that? Uh, I think a computer wrote that. <laughs> That's Something's the, awkward. That's the copy the Arboretum sent over. Uh, yeah. Carl, have you ever been to the Arboretum? I have not. Yeah, it's very nice. I, I went there recently. There are a lot of trees. Is it? <laughs> is I've never been. Is it indoors or outdoors? It's outdoor. Yeah, it's right. just like a. Uh, it's a big park. Yeah. Yeah. Is um. Uh, yeah, I, I was like, I, I wanted to go there recently, uh, like but that. no, I, I just wanted to go there around there because they had. Uh, uh, I guess from around there, you were able to see the Sir John Carling building get demolished mm, recently. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, would that be a good spot? And I guess it wouldn't be because of all the trees. Yeah. But, and I, ultimately, I didn't end up going. Did did, did anybody here see the, the de- demolition? I watched a video. It's 7 a.m. Yeah. I, I, pla- I fully planned on going. <laughs> Until the morning up. I think we all said that. No. I, I actually tried to wake up. Yeah. Okay. But the night before... I ended up leaving a party around three o'clock in the morning, uh, going to bed at four, and just I, I woke up at six fifteen. The bike ride from my place to the a, lo- a viewing location would be thirty-ish minutes, thirty-four, and I wasn't gonna make it. No. Well, again, the whole thing is, I, I I keep going back to the what I said last week. Uh, the Ottawa citizen that that line was the the explosion will last mere seconds, yeah. and that's what kept going through my mind because I was thinking about getting up uh, like the night before I planned to like maybe go to bed early and you know get a good night's rest and then go for like a nice long bike ride or something mm-hmm. and then I'm just like no first of all it's gonna possibly gonna rain yeah. and the second it thing was rain. it did rain. it did oh there we yeah. go well the second thing was I biked the whole way and I'm slightly closer than you are Carl but I uh, I was like I I get there and maybe I'd miss it or if I didn't I'd wait for a long time and just see a couple seconds and then be like oh, okay I'm gonna go home. <laughs> it's experience, though, and, and that's what I was thinking too. Feeling that vibration going through your body. Well, <laughs> I've heard that people in this building, uh, which we're downtown, uh, heard uh, heard the explosion from here. Yeah, so, I, heard, I heard from my house. Oh, there you go. And you're you're Sandy. No, you're 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 Market. I'm east of the Market. East yes. Market. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so if we wanted to hear the noise, I suppose yeah. we just needed to wake up. <laughs> the, the morning of I saw a high def video of it so I'm not I don't feel like I missed anything by not going yeah, well it's a little different I mean you, you want to inhale you want to inhale some of the debris I don't <laughs> part of Sir John A unless I'm going to be in the if I'm going to be in the building that would be an experience but no again it might be your last experience yeah, I was going to say that would be an horse deal <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting going things going around Ottawa sometimes right uh, sometimes all the time um, speaking of which, uh, are there things in particular, let's say, I mean, in your travels, whether it's in Newfoundland or back in Burlington or Peru or wherever, are there things that you miss about Ottawa sometimes? Or when you're gone? About Ottawa specifically? Ottawa specifically, not I, just Canada. We'll I, I, think, I think just the friends that I've made here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and what about Canada? When you're not, I mean, obviously Burlington doesn't count in this example, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, missed, I missed skating while I was abroad. You miss skating, skating. Like ice skating. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's one of the best things that I think I've learned being in Canada. Sure, right? and I yeah. love it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what about, you know, food? Are, are there no, like, there's no food. You miss? <laughs> not even poutine. Sushi? Nope. Anything? I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying it's exclusive to Canada, but I'm saying where you were, you oh. never had it. Yes, no, I definitely do miss sushi. There you go. I love sushi. I knew you miss sushi. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I don't miss any Canadian food. No, no, I mean, no, just, right, yeah. I guess, I guess it's not exclusive to Canada. Yeah. We have a whole lot going for <laughs> Tim us. Hortons. Put in, no, Tim Hortons. You know what, even people who hate Tim Hortons, when they move, they're just like, oh, but that taste, no matter how bad it is, I kind of <laughs> want it. Uh, but I guess that didn't happen to you either. <laughs> oh, I don't drink coffee. Oh, that, well, that takes away from it. Yeah, so, makes sense. Yeah. Tim Hortons hasn't had a hold on me. Sure, okay. <laughs> yeah. So you say, but who nope, knows? It doesn't. The next time you go overseas... You're just gonna want to see the logo or want to know that you could get a donut if you wanted it. No, really? <laughs> really not. Have I'm, you I'm have sorry. you seen that they have an Oreo donut now? 
You're pushing so hard on this. Yeah. I, don't I don't know, know why. why. I don't know why, but I don't. I I don't eat very many donuts. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me tell you, I tried the Oreo donut yeah. last week. Is it good? It is good. It's overpriced. I'm I'm a cheap guy. This is like it's like a buck fifty. <laughs> That's really expensive for a donut. Yeah, I was gonna say what are they? Brand. Sense? It's an Oreo brand. It is almost a whole box of Oreos. <laughs> this is true. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's, it, it's that cheap. Actually, yeah. forty nine sometimes. Speaking of groceries, uh, but no, I tried it and yeah, you, you take a bite out of it and it felt, you know, I mean, it tasted like the the, the cream filling of an Oreo. It was really good, but uh, I, I wouldn't well, do it again. Just, but there's no crunch, just the cream filling. Oh, I know. There's some okay. Oreo cookies on top, okay. but it is sort of Most, a softer. Mostly donut. donut. Yeah, it's, it's mainly donut. It, it, it reminded me of a Boston cream donut, just Oreo style. Does that make sense? I saw a box of Oreos in the store recently. Sure. And they were beside a box of double stuffed Oreos. And I was like, who has such poor decision making that they're buying normal Oreos? I go through that every time. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. I just like the cookie part. It's a traditionalist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Carl. Yes. Here in Ottawa, I've known you for for years now. Mm -hmm. uh, And I've always known you to be involved in many, many things. And, 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 you know, sometimes all at once or sometimes just, you know, transitioning from one thing to the other. And, you know, I, I know you did some volunteering with the Red Cross. Volunteering or, or was it paid work? No, it was volunteering. volunteering. So you did some volunteering with the Red Cross and, and uh, as well as other organizations, I'm sure. And I know Rotaract was another big one that you, you were a part of. Could you just speak to maybe just volunteering in Ottawa and some of your experiences and then mm-hmm. maybe close it up with what you've done with Rotaract? Because I think that was sort of like a bigger experience if I'm not mistaken correct that from being sure um, so just, just just to understand do you want me to speak about volunteering just your experience with volunteering in Ottawa maybe some of the the, the, the organizations you volunteered for the type of work you've done I th- well I'll start by saying that volunteering to me is incredibly important sure I don't think that you know, we're, we're so blessed to have so much that we have here in, in Ottawa in Canada that giving back to those that don't have it to me, is a given. Yeah. Right. It's almost. To me, it should be a little bit kind of mandatory, but because I think that that whole obligation that someone could put can come from from passion and from within, right? So Agreed. it's like your your own person telling you, no, I, I want to do this. So it's no longer mandatory per se. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, I volunteered with in Ottawa the Red Cross in their international humanitarian law okay. um, division working group um, rural rack hub of Ottawa continues okay. um, our borders I help them with their fair trade and their advocacy to promote um, I guess a budget for international development projects okay. from the Canadian government sure uh, I guess those would be my biggest my biggest three okay Red Cross was it's a great organization I think um, I've always believed in having up to date first aid yeah. I think that can save someone yeah. when you don't think that it, it can right. and yeah. for my previous work on the canal as a first aid patroller it was obviously very important Yes, um, and I, I love helping people in that way as well but the International Humanitarian Law Working Group worked a lot more on explaining to people what this IHL is um, and it can get pretty gruesome. Um, it's sometimes very difficult to to watch and to teach others about it. And what I helped with mostly was a a video cinema showcase okay. where you'd show a movie and then you discuss it. And some of these videos could get very graphic. I can imagine. Um, and it increased my respect for those people that work in those environments. But I knew after one year volunteering that I couldn't do it. Right. And I wasn't even in the field. Right. I was just right. talking. I was just watching it. videos. And <laughs> it, I, yeah. you know, you talk. You, I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's I difficult. Inside Borders was one that uh, introduced by my friend Aileen Cash from high school. Okay. And sorry, this is engineering uh, without borders. Yeah, engineers without okay. borders. Sure. And what they they would, it's not just for engineers. Yeah. So what they call themselves is engineers of change. Ah. Because they branched out for just being engineers. To now include people who can tackle a problem, uh, a development problem, in a new way, 
break it down into where you have you know um, where you have where you can have some influence you know the, the weaker points of the government system where you can express yourself you know freely etc sure so engineers have changed they like to break things down into a systems kind of approach yeah. and then tackle different actors within that system that's that's fascinating and that works very well with my mind yep. that's how I think sure and it was, it was great to work with them and just this past year the University of Ottawa became a fair trade campus where every single coffee tea and chocolate bar has at least one fair trade option really for those, cool for those that want to yeah and that was huh. we, we were the first year that I volunteered with them in 2012 yeah. we tried but didn't quite get there yeah. but I finally passed earlier in 2014 that's, that's unbelievable I, I had never heard about that yeah. yeah and so when we started we were in the running to be the second or third in Canada huh. um, behind UBC um, and I picked up number two and then I think by the time we got it we're, we're in the top ten I don't want to say a number <laughs> <laughs> that's fine yeah. that's fine top ten okay fast. that's great cool and the, bi- the last one being the Rotary Club of Ottawa. Sure, it's a community service organization. Yeah, well, it's a service organization that does community and international work. Yeah, so it's a bunch of individuals that want to change certain things about how the way the world is working right now, and that work together to achieve those 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 things. So Rotaract is simply the younger version of the Rotary Foundation. Right. Um, I've heard that. The, the Rotary Clubs that you might see yeah. and so while they're usually 30 and above Rotaract is 18 to about 30 okay. and it's also a high school club called um, Interact I believe it's called they just lost track of the ro- Rotor yeah, I think it's called Interact <laughs> sure and um, for them my first year I was I just got involved in different aspects so you know, the community service and the national service were the ones that I was drawn to but we also have the more social side we obviously have someone to take care of finances and team building mm-hmm. etc um, and then in my second year I decided to represent my club here in Ottawa to the rest of the district and this current Rotary or Rotaract district is the same um, extends from Kingston all the way to western Pennsylvania like New York State oh that's all huge. the way to um, like the territories wow um, and then and obviously includes Ottawa and so I was the contact between my club and the district Rotaract rep of the whole district right and then this past year I went one up and was the, the Rotaract rep him or herself wow yeah so I was taking care of between 9 and 10 clubs 9 and 11 clubs because some clubs were added throughout the year sure so we grew a little bit this this is a big cool. deal. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Good for you. I recommend everyone yeah. join. <laughs> are, are you still doing? Are you sticking with it, going to Queens? No, no so I'll be going to well, Museum well, of Wealth. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, same, same thing. Nope. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and um, I'll be looking for a new road rack home over there. Yeah. Ah. But will definitely do my best to stay connected to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. They they show me a lot. I learned a lot. And uh, it's like a little road rack family they like to mm-hmm. say sure yeah I was gonna say do, what do, uh, can you talk about the, the feeling of community that you get from volunteering like I, I used yeah. to I, I used to do some volunteer work and I don't really do as much anymore but one draw for me was that it just made me feel closer to people and feel closer to to Ottawa or to my community the you know if you are amongst people that want to help others you're to be connected in a deeper way than just names and um, mm-hmm. you know, age and whatnot. You already have something in common. You have a, a, a very important, to me anyway, very important thing in common that yeah. you believe in something greater than yourself, that you know, humans and all living things are connected, right? That someone suffering over there may not affect you right now, but because they're not doing well, either you know, be it through, if you believe in auras, it could be a, an aura thing, you believe simply that um, they can do better, that will eventually weigh on you. So just being with people that want to help others, right? That sense of community um, not only supports you when you need help, but it's also great to help others. Right? Absolutely. Um, 
No, that that covers it. I, I get that. Yeah, that's great. Okay, go volunteer, everyone. <laughs> now, go now. <laughs> well, let's finish the podcast and then go, yeah. or or listen to it on the way to volunteering. On OC Transpo. Yeah. Don't get no. <laughs> let's let's move on to a segment. <laughs> uh, Keegan. Yes. Do you want to do uh, what's going down in Bytown and explain what it is? What is going down in Bytown? This is our news slash events section where we let you know. What is going on? What has happened? What's going to happen in Ottawa? Um, earlier this week, a vehicle smashed through the front window of a Pizza Hut in Barhaven. God. Apparently, it's true. Apparently, the lady thought the restaurant was a drive-through. <laughs> that part, that part is not true. A drive-through Pizza Hut. Yeah. I'd go. That's good. Well, that, yeah, if you could get your pizza. That must be what they need, but oh, you can't though, right? Oh, you go sense. there, you sit forever. Yeah. If it was like Little Caesars, you get the hot and ready, you could pick up a pepperoni pizza. But I don't think it would work with Pizza Hut. No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, a new study has found that Ottawa residents drink and smoke marijuana more than any other city in Ontario. That's what they didn't say in the headline. Oh. In Ontario. Yeah. Okay. But still, we beat out Toronto. But you know, research, researchers <laughs> say that Toronto initially initially took the number one spot, but fell to second after they decided to ignore data taken from Rob Ford. <laughs> that makes you, a lot of sense. Do you think Rob Ford jokes will ever get old? Yes. Are they already old? Yeah, I thought it might be old, actually. It might be, but, but you know I, what? Yeah. With this one, it was a given. You That's have funny. to do it. He yeah, skewed yeah. the data. One person. <laughs> one man. But that's that's all for me from Rob Ford jokes. Yeah, that's I right. Think. That's fair. Uh, when asked to comment on this study, Ottawa officials stated, "I don't have a problem. You have a problem." <laughs> Things of that nature. Uh, the Strandhurt Bridge connecting Riverside South to Barhaven was completed this week. Oh yeah. Finally, a way to get from Riverside South to Barhaven! Exclaimed five people. <laughs> I don't know. I, People I have don't, been talking about that for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I know it's a big deal, but I don't really understand the the utility of it. Apparently, it's a huge. Yeah, it's like a one hour drive if you want to get to the other. I don't know. Anyone I mean, that lives in Manitick that wants to get to Barhaven. Greeley, <laughs> <laughs> really, I suppose. Uh, I mean, it, it's also a shorter track to get to the four sixteen from there too, right? Yes. So, okay. Carl, do you drive? I do not drive, so it doesn't really affect you. Correct. And it's not like there's That's any OC Transpo buses up there. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's far. There you go. I drive and it still probably won't affect me. Yeah. No, it probably won't affect you at all, mainly the people around there, but right. apparently this took a long time. Anyway, what else do we have? Oh, a new one. Two, two rock bolts used for the Ottawa Light Rail tran- Transit LRT. Excavation. Let's say LRT. <laughs> LRT Excavation Process penetrated the parking garage of the Sun Life Building downtown. Good thing they had insurance. <laughs> the claim probably took forever. Really, <laughs> that was a really That's good delivery good. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Lebanese festival is this weekend. Uh, it's at Saint Elias Church on on Riverside, and they have food tents and all kinds of uh, neat things. If you are a shawarma lover, you should probably go. Uh, and also this week, uh, the Pan American Combined Events Cup. I, I initially said it was the Pan Am Games. I got very upset yeah. when you said that. Uh, but it's not. It's the Pan American Combined <laughs> Events Cup. I went today to the qualifier, and it's it's like a decathlon, which is still pretty cool. Sure. Because you know how like Olympians, they're good at one thing. Like, they're good at running here to here, yeah. or they're good at shot putting. These guys have to do, and women have to do ten. They're really good at ten things. It's crazy. It's cool. Fantastic. Yeah. Did you see any of the events? I did, yeah. Really? There, I saw hurdles. I saw a chick eat dirt on a hurdle. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Okay. It's like face planted. Yeah, yeah, no, we get it. And uh, I saw a guy do pole vault, but he didn't land on the mat. Oh, <laughs> He like, no. jumped sideways, and, it was fine. and he bounced back up. Just like an, <laughs> As you do. I guess they're athletes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, but it was good. <laughs> That's all I remember is the catastrophic parts. Can you see me? Uh, go ahead, sir. So can you call someone an athlete in that sport if they're entering competition but can't even land where they're supposed to? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I'm sure he got a lot of air. Yeah. I'm sure he's, yeah, a, that's a good point. I'm sure he's a great sprinter or something. 
<laughs> I was putting last minute. That would be my, if I was a dec- decathlon athlete, I would be good at two things, like, excellent, and just, like, everything else is just a wipe. Like, I would just be like, hmm. Like, I wouldn't even try pole vaulting. <laughs> Do you know what two things those would be? I think it would be 100 and 200 meter. <laughs> I would just try some running fast. Okay. And everything else, like, they call my name for pole vault and be like, nah, I'll take the hit. Yeah. I'll take the zero. <laughs> Got a lot of points on 100 meter. Yeah, that's it. I'll probably win. Uh, but uh, that is what is going down in Bytown. You should check it out. We yeah, uh, we we kind of mixed two segments this time, eh? Yeah, and classic yeah. Ottawa. Yeah, it was a mix of what's going down in classic Ottawa in Bytown. That was the worst. That was could, there's a better name for that. We could call it that. Yeah, <laughs> in classic Bytown. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, I'll on, on Carl. Are you a fast yeah. runner? I'm really fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't test him though. Self-proclaimed. Yeah. I think runner. I don't remember if I, I said it on the podcast or not, but I, I was saying to Amon recently that as an adult, you get very few opportunities to demonstrate how yeah. fast you can run. That's true. <laughs> like I'm a very fast runner, and I know that, but I very rarely have the opportunity to, to <laughs> display it. Play more ultimate frisbee or something. I should. I don't really stand. Any running sport. Oh, <laughs> so you're fast on short distances. If we were on a team of fifty <laughs> ultimate frisbee players and we can like sub off every two minutes, then I'd I'd crush it. There you go. <laughs> I, I think the event that I would be the best at. I was just sitting here. It took me a long time to come up with the name of it. Um, but it's the one. It's the event called Steeplechase, where it's on the track, but there's like really really big hurdles that have pools of water after them it's oh, almost like show yeah. jumping i think i'd be good at that okay show jumping there's pools there's giant <laughs> puddles after you have to like run up and then jump it's it's like an obstacle course that one just sounds cruel though like they already have hurdles where you just jump over yeah but then they're like oh let's make it meaner let's make them wet after they make, like a big, hurdle. yeah because yeah, there are people that like try to go too fast and, and they face plant or they yeah. Yeah. make a big splash good is that why there's water because i never understood it I don't know. I think it's, it's just an extra obstacle. It just it's like a really high hard. and long jump. One thing that I know Rob wanted to talk about, and it's really, it's a good topic, is uh, sort of the art or the item of, of busyness. Yeah, the, the topic of busyness. The because um, I've talked about this before personally. I think I've written about it and talked about it uh, somewhere on the internet. Um, that people that say they're busy a lot or like are talking at work with coworkers or with friends and saying oh I'm really busy aren't actually that busy in reality and I know Carl that you do a ton you absolutely could say that you're busy a lot but I rarely hear it and when I asked you if you wanted to come on this week right away you're like well I do have something this evening or well it ended up being this evening but yeah I'll, I'll do it I got I got some time and I've I've heard that even as early, as recently as this week that truly busy people do have time. Like they'll make time for things that they think are interesting or worth their time. And so I thought, and you kind of defeated it because you did say that you were busy at work today when we were talking. <laughs> but that was just in conversation. But yeah, no, no, and I, I get that. But I've never heard you say it other than that, even though I know you have a very full schedule. And so maybe you could talk a bit about because we've gone over all your traveling, all the school you've done, the work, volunteering. Um, you, I know that you even worked part-time uh, on the canal during the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe talk a bit about how you, like, because I know you have a lot going on, but talk about how you have a lot going on and sort of how you're able to cope with it. Because I know there are a lot of people that struggle with it, even if they've only got a couple things going on. I think that for me, the busier I am, the more efficient I also become. Mm-hmm. I get that. And so when I see too much white space, it, to me, I, I know that I won't be working at my at my best um, or you know be the best version that I can be unless I can find a way to use that time, right? Which sometimes means in my schedule, I put in go to sleep. Like I actually do that sometimes. Um, because if it makes it on my schedule, it's almost guaranteed I will do it. Sure. But I think I think you know, there's only so many years you're gonna be on Earth. Uh, it's only so much you can do, right? Why 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 be boring? <laughs> no, right? Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, why not have fun? Why not, you know, get rained on? And you know, I, I don't I don't see the point of 
staying at home. Like I, I recently started enjoying certain TV shows sure. that I, I, you know, I wouldn't have set aside time for before or prioritized. But usually they just, you know, like to experience things. Yeah. And so this whole, like you said, those that are busy um, are freeze because they know what they want out of their out of their time mm-hmm. usage and just go out and do it. If you want, no, if you want to stay in and whatnot, you know, even myself, there's days when you need that. That's all part of knowing yourself and still living your life to the fullest because you need that recharge day in order to do something the next day. Right? You can't just go 100% all the time. Sure. You know, for example, I hope to play soccer tomorrow, um, and so I know that certain not tomorrow on Saturday, so I know that I I can't do anything too active on the Friday night because of certain injuries that I've had, as we've discussed. Sure. Yeah. So I need to make sure that I'm fresh for that. Right, so, makes sense. Yeah. But it's an interesting topic. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really cool because, yeah, just, I, I hear so many people, especially working in the government, um, just talking about how, how busy they are. Okay, and I, I've seen people mm-hmm. in their offices, yeah. they're not that busy. Sure. <laughs> right, yeah. The, the other thing for me is, um, what's it called? <laughs> it'll come back to you yeah i think it's partially a personality type like i think i think people have different um different levels of tolerance for for work and or or different events maybe and so i think when people say they're, they're busy it means they're reaching their upper end of what they can tolerate even maybe car has a very high ceiling of of things that you can do that's interesting yeah. but me i've I am one of those people who say I'm busy a lot of the time, but then if I step back, I'm like, really? I just have to do dishes and watch Mad Men. Yeah. But but if someone calls me and asks me to do something, I might say, oh, no, I'm busy. Well, it, right. it, it's almost like I'm too busy for what you're offering me. Right? Yeah. If something more attractive came along. Right, yeah. I'm not busy anymore. If a mom yeah. called me. If the, well, if you have the option to go on a date. <laughs> with a mom. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, one thing we missed in the what's going down in Bytown. What? Oh. Uh, no, no, it wasn't even written in our segment. It's just something that came to mind. The Red Blacks are having their home opener tomorrow. They are. And uh, are, are you are you planning? Or is anybody here planning on going? I, I think it's sold out anyway. My in laws have season tickets, but I think Ooh. they're going. Oh, that makes sense. I have tickets for August. Actually, oh, that, that's cool. But Carl, do you have any interest in seeing the Red Blocks before you leave Ottawa? <laughs> Not interested at all, eh? Sorry. Are, are you a CFL fan, a football fan at all? I'm a f- I, I would say I'm a football fan. And an NFL uh, fan. And, yeah, correct, an NFL fan. I see. Well, I, call, I think that football is like the, the soccer. So that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's what I would call football, but yeah. American a, football. <laughs> American football, thank sure. you. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I, like, I enjoy watching American football. Okay. But not not the Canadian version of American football. I don't find it exciting. No. Okay. Okay. Um, so, one of the big things, and this is part of the reason I'm I'm really interested in, it, is that it it's bringing back to life Lansdowne Park. And uh, did you have any thoughts towards sort of the, the redevelopment of Lansdowne Park, and, and including sort of sort of the the addition of well, I mean, there's the condos, but there's also you know these these giant stores. I, I heard. Uh, I heard Winners has just just recently said that they're going there, and they're, you know Tommy Lafay, they're they're changing their name, or, or they were brought up by Sporting Life, so they'll be there. LCBO, uh, a giant uh, Cineplex apparently. Uh, so there's a lot going on, and I know you uh, you know you live sort of on the other side of the canal at the very least. Uh, you can at least appreciate that there's there's a lot of new things that are here on the Glee, in the Glebe now, or not here but in the Glebe now. Mm-hmm. So did you have any thoughts towards that development at all, or? Yes, to keep it brief, um, I would have more opinions if I lived in the Glebe. That's fair. Yeah. I'm so okay. far disconnected from it. That's right. fair. The yeah. most I saw about them building it was during my skip patrol stint on sure. the canal. Sure. Otherwise, everything you told me is pretty novel to me. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. Um, I wish that they would come up with something more original than winners, though. Yeah. Because they yeah. have a, a big that's box right. store. Champions. Uh, no, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, these accents. It's even story. better, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true uh, that 
because that would mesh better with the glebe. I think the that, culture of, of yeah. I think a fear that some glebites have with this this complex is it does have these big box chains yeah. that are just uh, whereas the glebe is very very much the opposite. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, aside from Shoppers Drug Mart <laughs> and and LCBO, you're right. The message yeah. strip is very box. recent additions. Yeah, there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yes, but that's, yes. Part, that's part of it. It's part of the the push. The pushing to make it bigger, yeah, yeah. bigger and worse. I've never heard that saying before. <laughs> uh, one another thing that came up um, is that uh, I guess there, there there are free school buses that are going to Lansdowne Park uh, just because I mean there's obviously a lot of people. But one thing I heard recently was I guess that the bylaw I guess group of the city of Ottawa is like really frowning upon people leasing out their driveway for people to park and, and I, I don't understand it because I think we were able to do that anywhere else like I'm I'm sure there oh, I don't know if you have a driveway down in the market but I'm sure there are people who would pay to park there if you, if you had the ability to rent that out and you know you hear that about big cities but I, I found that really interesting that they, don't, they can't really do that here uh, in Lansdowne I, I, don't, I don't remember the, I don't know the justification it just I'm just told that you know it can't happen they just really want people to take buses but anyway that's just something random that untaxable Yes. Yeah, I think so it goes back to that whole community feeling. Right, yeah. 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 Renting out space to yeah. a stranger. Yeah, that's true too. That's true. What do you think of Glebe as a, a, just a community as a whole? Like, I mean, you, you've obviously gone through it here and there or whatever. It's just, for me, it was, it was never a, a huge deal. Maybe it's because I've never considered myself as a, as a Glebeite when I lived in the Glebe, and now I'm center town and I don't really care as much. But do you, do you, <laughs> do you, uh, <laughs> Do you, do you see that stuff or the pockets of different communities within Ottawa? Um, I see different communities, but I don't see every single neighborhood represented in, in those names. Okay. Right? So, there's definitely the market, there's definitely the Glebe, but then I would, I, I don't know about the rest really being a neighborhood per se. Sure. Right? There's definitely Hintonburg. That whole area in the middle, I wouldn't be breaking apart much, no. It's just houses and buildings. <laughs> <laughs> government buildings. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, speaking of government buildings, you you have some experience in the government. I do. Uh, do you have any opinions on, on now that you've worked there? Because everybody has a certain perception when they're not inside. Uh, are they true in, in your experience in the, in the government? Like, are people, is it like way too slack? There's nothing getting done? Like, what, 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 what's your perception of the government, of working for the government? And we, we, it doesn't matter what departments or whatever, it's just. Okay. Uh. No, my overall perception is that. There are hardworking sections, sure. but they're also very lazy sections. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's also, I think, too much inefficiency. Okay, and so, you know, yes, it's important to make sure that because you're working with you know all of Canada's money and whatnot, and you're working for Canada, but then people need to say yes to something or look through something before something gets done. Sure, but I do think there's a more efficient way of doing things. Okay, uh, are you talking about the? The bureaucracy of it, correct. That is slow. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, neat. Um, so we're gonna squeeze in. We, we always seem to do this. Try to squeeze in two last segments. Yeah. And it tend to be the same segments every time, but that's okay. But uh, we could. No, I. Well, we, we. What are you saying? We could not do the speed round. No, I want to do the speed round. Okay. I think it'd be fun to do the speed round. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start <laughs> off with the speed round. Uh, speed round is is where. Carl, we're going to ask you a series of questions and just you know, sort of spit off the uh, the first answer that comes to your mind. Um, without, any, without any explanation? Uh, no, no, just quick answers. That's quick it. Answer. Uh, if, if you, you know, if, if you feel like you really want to give an explanation, you know, by all means, but you know, we're, we're timing two minutes, so we'll try to get as many questions out as possible. Uh, we'll start with Keegan, then Rob, then myself, and we'll cycle around and we'll just ask questions. Are you are you ready for this? Yes. Do you think you can handle this? <laughs> he's rolled his sleeves up. Oh, he's ready. He's ready. He's been rolled the entire time. He's going to create a storyline. So, Keegan, why don't you uh, start us off? Well, do we have the time ready? Yeah, it's ready. Okay, so Keegan, start us off. With that. Okay. What food could you not live without? Peanut butter <laughs> and bananas. Both. Combo. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? I'm going to go with Reese's Pieces. Peanut butter. <laughs> Yeah. What's the favorite city you visited? Visited, not lived in? Visited. Including lived in. 
Oh, including the dinner? Yeah. Maybe two. Can I pass? Nope. No? Uh, <laughs> of course you get a pass. <laughs> it's very difficult. They're all so different. What's the first one that came to mind? <laughs> That's a pass. This sounds like they're all bad. <laughs> but No, they're all good in their own way. We'll settle out with Ottawa. Go ahead. If you could, if you could spread any substance on a piece of bread, oh. what would it be? <laughs> I think you know the answer to that question already. <laughs> you just want every answer to be peanut butter yeah, now. Peanut butter. <laughs> um, what is the one? What is the city on top of your list to visit now? Oh, um, that that city with the canals in Italy. Venice. Venice. Yeah. Awesome. Because it'll soon be inundated. That's fair. That's fair. How many languages can you speak? Three fluently. And how, how many languages do you know as a like non fluently as well? Um, I think like a few words here and there. I don't know. Have maybe you know, I'm gonna say a little bit of Korean, a little bit of Latin, a little bit of Flemish, a little bit of Tagalog, my parents' dialect. Okay. Okay. So a little bit of Hindi, like a little bit of Hindi. Sure. A little bit again of like Mandarin or um, just just two Mandarin or Cantonese. Okay. I assume this is more than just like two words or a couple of sayings. Like this is when you say you have a little bit, it's like basic comprehension. Fifteen or twenty. Percent? Oh, phrases. Uh, no, but I guess to put all of them together, it'd be at least ten-ish phrases, at least. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. Not, not, not quite funny. That's right. If you were a dish, what would be your secret ingredient? Something spicy. Mm. Okay. I was going for peanut butter there again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I like some sure. spice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm gonna throw cool. one more in there just because. Just because. What's the worst restaurant you've been to in Ottawa? Well, worst place. Worst place you've been to in Ottawa. That's, That's a good question. Yeah. Worst eating place? Worst Any place. Any restaurant place. or worst experience you had at a restaurant? Just place. Okay. Leave it open. <laughs> Let your mind go. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with a Filipino restaurant mm-hmm. because it was just so... It was a very poor experience, especially compared to my mom's cooking, which is fantastic. Sure. Right. I want, okay. to go, I want to go with that one. Okay. That's fair. Um, so we'll close it off with our final segment being I ask the questions around here and we briefed you already that uh, you know if you have one uh, you can ask a question and the three of us will answer the same question so oh, you have one okay well, is, it, is that separate questions for different people uh, the same question yeah, same, same question. question well I, I, I really want to know this question uh, sure. the answer to this question how often I guess it's directed more to Tomon than anybody else <laughs> fantastic <laughs> I like how often in a week do you make sure to dress in Maple Leafs attire <laughs> <laughs> you know what uh, ideally it would be about six times a week okay. um, just because the seventh I don't wear anything but I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is probably the first time you know not including times I've gone to a hockey game that I've worn blue and white uh, like this uh, off yeah. air we were, we were just pointing out that Amon was wearing blue and white and his chessboard is blue and white <laughs> Something else was blooming like too, right? I forget. Uh, anyway, but, uh, so yeah, that's it. <laughs> just ragging on them. Okay. But even the microphone says blue and yeah. white. Sure. Yeah, that's true. The that's, chest thing. How did you do that? That's not even mine. That's Rob's microphone. That's how you made him buy it. I'm yeah. sure. It's true. It's true. I influenced him somehow. So, uh, Rob, how I, often? <laughs> I wear Leafs colors, but it's never, you, never for the Leafs. Oh okay, Well, you just wear them. That's I fine. used to have a Leafs jersey, but then. Oh. I mean, it was that was the Wonder Years back in the '60s. So you're a fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Who are you? How often do you wear Rob's Leafs? Dorian Gray. Yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Apparently. Uh, no, I don't wear it. I wear a lot of green because I just chose. I chose it in my adult life. I was like, I need an adult favorite color. So and, and you want really? green? Yeah, because my my so favorite color used to be yellow. Oh, yeah. You can't wear yellow as an adult all the no. time. I I beg to differ. Really? Like all the time though? Like a dark skin color? Like I, well, I wear yellow. Every single day. That's an accent. Yeah, I know, but I also. <laughs> it's a little bracelet. I'm getting very I fashiony yeah, now. Yellow, yellow and orange and red. Okay. So like mine goes on my okay. favorite colors. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Not bad. Maybe I'll look into yellow. You could. I have a yellow shirt. Maybe I'll wear it next week. Yeah. There you go. Or tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> so, Carl, let's close this off. And the way we usually close it is we have our guests say, Auto what? And uh, it sort of morphed into different versions of it. I mean, really. Say whatever's in your heart. Say, say it however yeah. is in your heart. Or in a different That's language. A good, yeah. You can translate Ottawa. 
Maybe. <laughs> is there a Spanish word for Ottawa? Ottawa. Let's keep it at Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just say it into the mic whenever you're ready, and uh, we'll we'll cut it shortly after that. Just 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 say just it. that. Just yeah. Ottawa. With as much personality as those like three syllables. Cool. Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> says a lot about a person. Answer pretty boring. Auto what? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna give you a take two. No, yeah, do it again. <laughs> Draw out a syllable. Draw out the A. Then you have to go the the. Okay. Sure. I just want to see. Oh the what? <laughs> two A. <laughs> you win thanks so much for joining us uh, oh, man. uh you know what we're not even done yet i wanted to plug uh that we're gonna have damien brooms on sometime soon uh, oh yeah 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 so we're gonna include those two entrances or entrances yeah. attempts what was that? i i saw <laughs> hey we should cut I this i saw a door and i'm, I'm gone yeah <laughs> anyway that's uh that's that uh carl's anything you want to plug any any uh do you have a website or <laughs> Or any any online place people can find stuff you're doing, stuff you're talking about. Yeah, I will. I will. This this is website called Foodland Ontario. Yeah. Um, is that a grocery store? It's well, it's I guess also a grocery store, <laughs> but <laughs> I think eating locally is not only good for the world but also for each person. Sure. Mm-hmm. So if you go in there, it'll break down what is local and in season. Sure. Throughout the year. Yeah. So if I'm gonna plug one website. Cool. Awesome. Foodland. So let's, let's go with that one.